0: This is the Kavnis HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Kavnis. Hello, and welcome to the Kavnis HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kavnis. Our guest today is Shark Chatterberry. Char, are you ready to be great today? I am. Char is the co-founder of Assault Forward, a veteran-owned apparel and accessories company. He also works in, a, in finance for a Fortune 500 financial services company. Char, who was born and raised in New York City, was commissioned as a second lieutenant from the Fordham University ROTC program on 9-1-2001, 10 days before 9 one He served on active duty, as a field artillery officer from 2001 to 2005 and deployed to Iraq for 15 months during OIF 1. He serves, served as a platoon leader, battery executive exec officer, and battery commander in Baghdad. Star has been active with IVA IAVA on Capitol Hill for veterans issues such as the post 911 job bill, veteran suicide, and burn pit legis- legislation. He received his MBA from the University of Maryland using the post 911 job bill. So, I thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jason, for having me on. So, so what's keeping you busy nowadays? What's your, what's your focus right now?
1: Yeah, so we recently launched uh, Assault Forward, which, which you mentioned we co founded. I co founded with two friends of mine from the MBA program to the Army Veterans. Um, we graduated the program in July of last year, 2017. I had the idea in October of 2017, and then we launched. So, since then, we kind of came together. And since January, we've been, we've been running. So behind the scenes, since January to March, we're doing all the behind-the-scenes stuff, like finding manufacturers, website, setting up the books. And then we went live as of March. So that keeps us pretty busy. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a full-time gig for us. That plus, we, we are, we're all, keep, we all have do have our day job. Like you mentioned, I work in finance. For a Fortune 500 company, but I have a pretty you know, schedule that I manage my own. So uh, I, I know I, some people in the startup business world say it's kind of a side hustle. I don't call this a side hustle. I feel like it's diminishing because we spend so much time and energy. So you know, I basically have two full-time jobs right now and and love it. So it's, it's keeping us busy.
0: It's keeping me in the veteran community that I, I hold dearly and, and I'm a part of. So as you mentioned, you have a full-time job and the startup, which to me is a full-time job. So, basically, you have two, two, two full-time jobs. Right. Most of us can even handle one full-time job. How how are you prioritizing day? How are you keeping it sane? How do you keep all this, you know, on, on track? Yeah, no, great question. So I think,
1: you know, in which, which goes back to the military kind of certain, like having, having certain disciplines. So I still get up every month. I was up today at 530, went for a run outside, came back, got ready for the day. So today was my day to 100% to come into the WeWork location. Uh, we were recently accepted into the WeWork Bunker Lab Veterans and Residents program. So we, had one of the partners, Joe Hippelman, we came in spending the day here, but I have my both laptops. I have my day job laptop with me just in case I need to answer a call or or respond to an email and then we're working together on on the startup. So for me, I'm probably in a more fortunate position than some people because I do manage my own calendar and it's based on client meetings. Um, so I'm able to do that. But you're right, prioritizing. So if I see how I have you know client appointments for my day job, you know the main job, uh, then I kind of build stuff around it. So it's always finding time in between. Um, I don't, I hardly watch TV. Like I don't do that. uh Don't play video games or anything like that. So I think there is, there is time in the day. It's just about priorities. For me, it's you know, obviously the job that pays the bills and, and feeds my family, uh the startup, and then obviously keeping physically active. um, That's very still important to me. So those are kind of my three main things. You know, of course, spending time with the family. So it, it is hard, but I think if you just prioritize and cut out certain things that like I don't need to watch. You know, nine scenes of, of, of Game of
0: Thrones in, in one week. So that's kind of what uh, how I find the time. Yeah, like, oh, it makes me, people like, you know, I, I'm not successful, but they're on like two volleyball teams, they binge binge and everything. You're like, what do you expect? You know, they don't, they just don't get it, you know? Exactly, yeah. Well, what kind of tools do you use to keep yourself organized? Any, any go-to tools you can talk about?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, basic, so firm outlook. I mean, I, my calendar at work, that's my, you know, my, for my day job, my primary job. I, I put everything on there though. so things that have to do with if I have a call for this exact like last week I had a call with Macy potentially trying to get into Macy's put our products into Macy's for the startup. so I just scheduled that on my calendar that so that that really helps me uh, just basic faith there. But then also within the startup but within our startup we use uh, Asana, which is a free app kind of task organizer. so, if I have a task, I put it in there, assign a due date, so I know what's up, uh, when we have to get it executed. And same thing for the other co-founders, we all add tasks. So that keeps us organized between Outlook and uh, Asana. I, I love, Asana was recommended by the Bunker
0: Labs uh, launch, launch like online cohort program. So I kind of use that and we, we use that pretty regularly. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Asana also. So you talk about this briefly, but tell us a story about Assault Forward, how it came about, how the idea came, what, the, what your vision is for going forward.
1: Yeah. So when we came up, so we all three of us, we served in the army. We were officers, so we went through, you know, college. Get got out, you know, went through, graduated, and got commissioned. And so we got out. We all have professional day jobs, and we wanted to represent our veteran status in a way, but. You know the veteran companies that are out there right now, which we love them all. Like no disrespect to them, like Style, Nine Line. You know they're great companies, but they focus on graphic military T-shirts. That's kind of their kind of focus and stuff that you can't really wear in a a, a professional work environment. So we're like, hey, you know, we need. There's no veteran companies out there to represent guys like us who who wear a suit and tie or a jacket to work. And you know we're in the D.C. metro area, very professional area. Most people wear a jacket, they don't tie for the most part. And he's like, hey. There's nothing out there for us. And we all had some kind of of, of a lapel pin, whether it's the Army flag, the American flag. So we said, hey, we should do something different to my buddy Joe. He kind of made a prototype. It was just for us, board flag. So people who don't know, in the Army, we wore kind of a reverse American flag on our shoulder. That's to simulate, imagine, charging forward on the battlefield. So now that the stars are to the front and flown back. So that's kind of a special meaning for us. That's how we wore it when we were deployed and he had a prototype done of the quote unquote backwards or reverse American flag help it So we had it on for our own just for our own personal use. But then we realized a lot of people were asking us about it, like thought of civilians who don't understand, Hey, why is that flag backwards? And we tell the story like it's it's not backwards. So we've heard that so many times. People are saying, "Oh, that's a pretty cool story. A pretty cool story." After hearing it for about 20, 30 times, kind of a bell went off, a light bulb went off, like, "Hey, maybe we should expand it to see what we can do." So we kind of launched it like like in October. We started when I had the idea after again so many conversations of people stopping us and asking us about it, and we said, "Okay, let's." You know, people like the lapel pin. People, you know, for us as veterans, the professional veterans, we found the space. Because we didn't want to go compete with the grunt style and I well those guys are you know do million dollar business and it's already crowded so we want to do something a little different so that's how we came up with the
0: salt forward. so how are you how are you marketing your company are you just doing local marketing nationwide like social media how are you working through that this so we're strictly e-commerce not so we're not in any physical store
1: so we're hundred percent online we're not even on Amazon yet we're working on getting on Amazon but we're doing primarily social media marketing. So a lot of Facebook, Instagram, not experts, but we, we use that pretty religiously. We do a lot of posts on there. Uh, We've done some in-person events, like some conferences and and face-to-face. It's been with with our target market, obviously professional veterans and patriotic Americans, but we're primarily e-commerce and that's how we're doing the marketing. Social media, mainly Facebook and Instagram, um, but then also through our centers of influence, like we're working with some some of the veteran nonprofits that we've done work with, and we're doing all pricing, but again, 100% e-commerce. Can you talk about
0: how, how, how being a veteran has helped you with your startup, how those skills are transferred to help you be, be a great startup founder? Yeah, no, so I think it's a great question.
1: As a veteran, you, know, you learn certain things like mission to the you know, ta- task, being task-oriented, and having a startup, as, as you know, as a startup founder, you need to have like a big-picture vision, but then there's certain things that have to get done, and there's certain tasks that you have to get done. You can't run an e-commerce site without a website, without credit card processing things. So, any kind of thing, we kind of try to form on the list. Every time we meet, we have an agenda with a four to six, seven things that we have to get done, and we focus on, on on those tasks that help us to the mission. That is, is, has been great. Um, big picture planning, you know, back when you go, you know, the army people, but really, I think being task focused focus task oriented on the things that we need to get done to accomplish our bigger goal objective has 100% helped me plus having like we, uh, we talked about before like how do we manage staying disciplined the army taught me time management go for a run and then start the day and then we, you know it has a good op tempo throughout the day we keep it
0: so the army has definitely helped me with that so if I'm gonna change the focus a little bit can you talk a little bit about the, what the burn pit legislation, legislation you're working on because I don't think most people know what that really is I don't think realize that what a burn pit is and what veterans have to go through can you talk about that a little bit
1: Sure. So that's through. So I volunteer with a very active with uh, IAVA, which is Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America. So their primary offices are in D.C. and New York. So the burn pits, for people who don't know, when early in the Iraq War, and I, I didn't spend time in Afghanistan, but I, I think they they had burn pits over there as well, where it was a way for U.S. service members to get rid of human waste garbage. So literally, so example, when we rolled into Baghdad, it was May two thousand and three. We saw black smoke coming from everywhere. So I thought initially it was the Iraqi army burning the oil fields. That's what I saw. But when we finally pulled pulled into our operating base, we saw it was soldiers burning human feces, trash, and it creates toxic kind of fumes. And I think they use jet fuel. There's some kind of fuel that they use, which is pretty toxic. So with that, that's kind of becoming the agent orange for our generation, for the post-9-11 veterans. So a lot of veterans are exposed to it. Um, I, myself, I didn't do the actual burning of the burn pits, but my soldiers did, but we were there. We were kind of inhaling those fumes. So part of that is you have years after, now you see a lot of veterans going to the VA and talking about chronic issues, problems, health issues that they didn't have before. So um, the Burn Pit Accountability Act actually is when a veteran goes into the VA, the doctor or the nurse to ask the veteran who's in there, hey, have you been exposed to burn pits? Yes or sure no. If they have to enter them into the database, so they can potentially – get the care that they need, treatment specifically for burn pitch exposure and potential compensation. So when I got out of the Army, burn pitch weren't even on the radar. And now it is, again, because it's being kind of put it as the Agent Orange for our our generation. So very important issue. Uh, very, obviously, bipartisan support across the board. So we had some good congressmen signing up for that. So that's what I did a few months back with IABA on the... Uh, uh, their annual storm the Hill, which we go on Capitol
0: Hill and we lobby for, we lobby Congress for legislation affecting veterans hey, thanks for the work on that's so much needed and people doesn't realize you know the burn pit issue over there. so our next talk about time were success in the past, what you learned from your success and what we can learn from the success you had in the past.
1: part of, like even though we're still a pretty new startup now we're we launched in officially in March, but up to the point of getting a company off the ground like so my one of my goals in life was to have my own business before the age of 40 and up 38. And but So again, part of it, But I've and I'll talk, I think I know you have a question, where did I fail, which kind of goes into this one. But part of it is just executing. And eventually, we had a vision that we wanted to do something, had the idea, and we just went and actually just got it done. And it bounced off very basic, but we went, we had the idea. You hear a lot of people, you come across other aspiring entrepreneurs, oh, I have an idea, I have an idea. And it never goes anywhere past an idea. And I've had a lot, I have a lot more ideas actually. And, but this is the first one where I actually went past idea to actual execution phase to so actually making money, selling money. So, um, that's where we're at now. Obviously, we're still growing, but up to this point, it has been a success for us. We have a lot of building the brand awareness, building sales, and actually having something where I can say, aside from being an aspiring entrepreneur, I am, we actually do have a legit small business. So um, that's the success. Part of it is just basically it was, so what you said led to that, just doing it, going in and executing from going from beyond
0: idea to execution. Yeah, I tell a lot people all the time, they say, I don't know what to do, how do I do this? I'd like, just get started. You know, just get started. You know, don't work yourself out. Exactly, 100% right there. So of course, like you said, a follow-up question, talk about the time you failed in the past, the lessons you learned from this, and what we can learn. So again, I had
1: two, at minimum, at least two other Ideas, businesses that I tried to launch and that failed, that we ne- I never got it off the ground and were never able to gain any traction. Um, what I learned from that, it was I was just trying to do something that sounded not cool, but I thought it was easy, but I, I didn't have a passion for it. So one was a commercial cleaning company. I, somebody gave me the idea, hey, you can do a veteran branded commercial cleaning company and it sounded good. And they said, because they said it was pretty low capital startup, you can get started. And I tried it. I didn't really fully commit to it because I didn't have a passion for it. So it it failed there. Um, there There's another one. We had an idea for a veteran type a veteran focused Uber type thing. And it was okay. I didn't have a passion for it, but it was, it was a cool idea in the sense we were trying to take advantage of the Uber trend thing, but it was too many moving pieces. It was like a three sided market. So that didn't work. But again, I didn't have a passion for it. So I, I learned that if I want to do be successful in a business. I have to have a certain passion for it, and it has to be manageable in the execution phase. Um, so right now, what we're doing, this I have, I love it. It's not even work for me. Now it's, I get up every day, and, and I love working on it. Again, it's not work. But so I did learn that I need to have a passion. I need to, and I can surround myself with the right team. I didn't. One of the things I had before was, uh, you know, we had good people, but we not we weren't focused, and um, so we weren't able to get any any traction
0: with those previous projects. Oh, well, people tell me all the time about their startup ideas. I tell them well, if you're not waking up thinking about it, you're not going to sleep thinking about it. You might not want to do it. You know, might not. You might not be passionate enough about it. No, you're 100 percent right. Like with the assault forward now, like we literally every day we wake up, it's
1: we're constantly grinding on it, and we're always thinking about it. I talk to my wife about it all the time because she's my engineer. She's giving us ideas, and she says it, she said like I see the, the fire in your eye, and so again we just we, we love it. So that's why I, now I first time that I have conviction in my heart that I know we are going to be successful, which I couldn't say that before. Like I know, and again I've listened to a lot of podcasts from like entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs, and they ask them like, "Well, how did you know?" They said, "Well, I just knew," and that's and I never understood that, but now I get it because like, that's where we are right now.
0: Can you talk about someone who's helped in the past and how they helped you? Yes. So there
1: was, I've had a lot of mentors throughout my career, even in the military and and post-civilian. But one of the things that I, so there was one specific mentor I had in in the army. He was a, I was a first lieutenant and he was a major and we were in Iraq. And he mentioned to me, he was like, look, you have to have a certain work ethic, in this world, he said, like, no matter if you're you're tired, or you're hungry, it doesn't matter. He said, like, people will always have eyes on you. So that, I've always that that's helped me a lot. And again, I have I've lost contact with, with this individual years. We were at we a time in Iraq, and I mean, he's helped me for just from putting a good foot forward and, and always kind of executing and doing everything to, to the task 100. percent In the business world, someone who's helped me actually was when I got out of the army. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I, when I got into the finance world. Um, he actually gave me a shot Uh a good friend of mine, John Gagliardi. Uh, he's a local dude G- He's from New York originally, so he liked me because I'm from New York and we we're both Mets fans. But the Bank of America had a training program back in 2008, and he gave me a shot because he said, hey, I, I appreciate what you did for the country. You seem like a sharp, smart guy. And he kind of helped me and coached me and trained me in the financial services world. So it was huge. And guys like him, you know, he, he always says, hey, I appreciate what you did. And there's a lot, even though there's I think less than 1% of Americans have served in Iraq or Afghanistan. So... But there's people like that who have helped other
0: veterans uh, succeed, and so um, he, he helped me tremendously. So this came with a new number on that. It's the number, new number I have now is actually zero point forty five of one percent now. So it's wow. like basically low. Yeah, they redid the numbers. So yeah, I was like I was kind of shocked. Was, you, you always hear one percent or less one percent, but they like actually like no zero point four five. So you're like wow. So next we're gonna get on the personal. Tell us something about yourself. Most people don't know. Of course, your wife, close family, close friends, but people that worked with you day to day don't know this about yourself. Of course, I, I work out. I go to the gym, but I'm act- I actively
1: trained in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So I, when I got out of the army, I had a I had an adrenaline rush that I needed to get out, and I wanted to do the volunteer firefighter first. So wife kind of beat on that. She's like, oh. and then part of it is it was a pretty hefty responsibility. So then I kind of thought about the National Guard Reserve and Reserves and got idea because you didn't want me to deploy. Um, so then I started training. I was had an affinity for martial arts and whatnot. And you know, I saw UFC 1 a while back. I said, hey, I want to try Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I started that. And so I've been training. for almost going on seven years now in Purple Bell in Jiu-Jitsu. I have fun. I train three, four times a week. And it's usually after the kids are in bed. So again, go back to time management, right? My kids are in bed usually 8, 8, 30. Classes start around 8. So you know, I go... And I'm I'm from eight to nine thirty or you know six to seven I'm training Jiu-Jitsu versus watching TV so that's what I do for fun um it's it's fun it's physical I get to choke
0: people out and you know try to you know rip their arms off and vice versa so that's something that most people don't know and I think that's of a good point and that's one part I think missing of the arm transition middle transition like most of us still have the drive the drilling rush you know the competitive spirit and it's very hard to find the civilian world I think that's one thing that's missing you know that we a lot of it just had a hard time finding that once they get out, I think. So I understand you have a book to recommend for our listeners.
1: Yeah. So the, one of my favorite book is The Lean Startup. Um, it's based on startup methodology. A lot of people think about a business is They need to spend a lot of money, create this big infrastructure before they even tested the idea and, and had their first customer. And that's kind of what I, I learned through the MBA program is, you know, start small, test an idea before you spend a lot of money. And uh, so it's a great book for people who are thinking about business or starting their own business or even people who are in charge of a group in a large company how to get a new project. So again, it's a great,
0: great book. One of my favorite books again, The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. So I also understand you have a gift for listeners. Yes. Yeah, so we have, so on our website, which is
1: www.assaultforward.us So again, assaultforward.us anything on our website, if you use the discount coupon code, Cavaness HR, C-A-V-N-E-S-S-H-R, 10% off your order in perpetuity. Because then I mean, most people listen to podcasts at different times. So You can 10% off
0: any order using the coupon code Cavaness HR. Shah, can you tell us your social release, both for yourself and your company, so people can reach out to you? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. It's
1: uh, at Shah chowdhury S H A H, my last name, just C H O W. D-H-U-R-Y-21. That's my primarily one. I'm on Facebook as well. I'm at Shapri R. Chowdhury. Um, assault Forward is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that with, with our handle is at Assault F-W-D so not Assault Forward but Assault F-W-D and we're pretty
0: active on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, and Instagram as well. And for our listeners, we we'll have the links to his book recommendations and his discounts and social media links on our show notes. And the show notes are at we So, coming to the end of our talk, can you provide us any last minute advice and wisdom on any subject you want to talk about?
1: Yes, I think for, for the, from the business standpoint, uh, just execute like you, know, you and I were talking before. If you have an idea, you have something that you want to do, just... Go and do it. One thing also just for me personally that I, I usually do. Th- I'm 38 years old. Some people think, oh, that's old. Some people think that's young. And I come across people who are, you know, 40, 50. They're like, oh, I'm so old. I can't do something. At the end of the day, you know, average life expectancy now in the U.S. is you know, mid-80s. So somebody's 50 years old. It's not old. You still have 30, 40 potential years left on this earth. Like, make them good years. That's why I see it. Um, you know, even I, I feel... Young. Wait, ten years ago, I thought 38 was old. I don't feel. I, I don't feel like I'm 38, even though I still think that's young. Um, again, just live every day as, as as much as you can. Especially for the brothers and sisters that we lost in conflict, we owe it to them to live the
0: best life. That's my personal kind of you know, tips for anyone who's, who's listening. Thank you. That's great advice. So thank you for being a guest today. I know you're a busy person, do a lot of great things for our country. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jason. And to our listeners, thanks for your time as well. And remember to be great every day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Kavnis HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit KavnisHR.com or connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook at Kavnis HR. Thanks again and be great every day.